0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled "You Asked: What Is Love?" Presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on July thirty first, twenty sixteen.
1: We're gonna finish up this series um, entitled "You Asked," and uh, we're gonna look at the question: What is love? And I, I truly I truly believe with all of my heart that, that this question is a question that, that every single one of us will ask in our lifetime. It's something that, that we all kind of wrestle through starting at an early age because of the very simple fact is that, that we want to be loved. You know, many people will say that, that uh, you know, we have this, Little hole in our heart, this little space that God has created. And, a, and as humans, we, we tend to look and we pursue things that will fill that space, that emptiness that we feel naturally inside. And usually that is love. That's usually what we're looking for. We're looking to be loved by someone. But what they also say to us is that that, that space was intended for someone very specific. And we as humans usually look for that specific in the things of this world. The things that, that maybe capture our hearts in a way that is in a temporal type of element or way. But that hole there, that, that space, that emptiness that we fill is reserved for God. I believe that with all of my heart. And this morning, is, as we look at these passages, uh, the simplicity that Paul gives us in this passage in 1 Corinthians 13 of how he explains not only what love is, but what love does. So this morning, if you would, open up your Bibles and uh, if you would go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and many of us have read this before many of us quote this we see it's the love chapter you know it's it's something that kind of encourages us and inspires us at times you realize that there are over 129 million books written about love that's according to google so you can check those facts i don't know how accurate they are but it makes sense doesn't it you know you don't have to raise your hand but how many of us in this room want to be loved i'd say that that's pretty much a unanimous yes for every single one of us i know that i want to be loved i want to know love i want to feel love i want to express love See, but the, the deficit that I face, the problem that I face as an individual, as, as a human being, is that I don't know how to express that love. You know, I, I can give it my very, very best effort. I can try as hard as I want to try, but yet I still end up falling short. But I want to say to you guys this morning, as we read this passage, the expression of love only matures only grows as you experience the love of our God the love of Jesus Christ and so this morning if you walk away with anything in our time together my hope and my prayer is that you would walk away knowing that Jesus loves you will you pray with me Father, as we open up your word this morning, as we look to the scriptures that you've given us, Father, the wisdom of those that have come before us, Father, my prayer this morning for each and every one of us is that we would be reminded of your love, that we would move even one step closer in this love relationship with you. If we would just move just that much more closer to you, And have a better understanding of what this love is. And not only what it is, Father, but what it does. What it looks like. So that we can be a reflection to this world. So that we can help this world around us that is lost and broken and hurting to be loved. And understand what true love is and where it comes from. So, Father, this morning we pray that you would just fill our hearts with your spirit. Fill us and indwell us. Speak to us through your word. Help us to see more clearly. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you would, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, and we're gonna read all 13 verses here, uh, starting in verse one. Let's read these together. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. So now faith, hope, and love abide. These three things. But the greatest of these is love. See, Paul is writing this letter to the church. He's writing this letter to the people of Corinth. He's hoping to help us understand what love is, to answer the question and move towards this great love. See, Corinth it was a large city and it had a lot of things going on. It was known for a lot of, lot of great things in the world's eyes. It was considered to be a city of love from a worldly perspective. See, it was no different than our world today. See, I, I think what happens in our world today is that we are, are so confused as to what love is that we've taken the responses and the answers to what love is from the world around us and we've allowed them to come into our hearts and we've allowed them to confuse us and kind of mix us up in ways that our perception and our understanding of what love truly is is really confusing. And then this cycle is created and we share that with our kids and when we share that with generations and generations And then we become a lot like Corinth. You know, do you realize that in the city of Corinth, even though it was considered a a city of love in the worldly sense, they had these temples set up to all these gods. And even believers, believers that believed in the one true God would worship these idols that had been created. And one of the the familiar idols that we all might know is the, the, the idol, the god Aphrodite, the goddess of love. You know, these people worshiped this god they called Aphrodite. And she was this goddess of love. But it was a worldly kind of love. It was a perverted and distorted kind of love. And it's no different than what we see in our world today. You know, people in our lives, people that we know, people that we do life with, us, me, we have this, kind of skewed and, and perverted idea of what true love is See, and, and part of it is because we're seeking this love we're seeking the answer to it through others and things that were never intended to fill us or complete us or make us whole in this love relationship yeah we have god there too we give him a piece of our heart and we allow him to kind of hang out with us every now and then But the space and the place where God rightly deserves to be, we put something else in there or someone else. And it it can be as simple as our children to our spouses, to our jobs, to whatever. You fill in the blank. And we define ourselves as that is my love. And then when we, we lose that love, when that love goes away, because again, like I said earlier, love will fail us the worldly kind of love, it will fail. I'll fall short. I'm going to do my very best to to love all of you guys, to love my kids, to love my wife. But the reality is, I'm just like anybody else. I'm going to fall short. I'm going to miss the mark. See, what I should do, the steps that I should take, should be to, to grow and understand what this love is and get a better idea of who this love is. And the Bible's very clear that God is love. See, the God that created us, the God that created the heavens and the earth is love himself. And because of that, I should take steps towards him to discover that love and what love is. I'll tell you, he'll help us to understand it. He'll clearly define it for us. He'll give us the answer to that question. But I think where we need to start this morning is in the first point that you have in your notes that we need to understand that love is important. The first three verses, listen to what Paul says here. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love See, love is important. I think what happens here is we lose sight and and we don't begin to understand the definition of this love that God is talking about here. And the, the Greek term, the translation for that is an agape type of love. You know, there's different kinds of loves in this world, right? There's different ways that we'll love people and things. You know, my love for sushi isn't the same love that I have for my wife. At least it shouldn't be anyways. (laughs) Although I do love sushi. See, what Paul is doing here is he's describing to us this agape kind of love. And this is how it's defined. This kind of love, it speaks towards the kind of love that expresses an unselfish esteem and adoration for someone else. An unselfish esteem or adoration for someone else. See when you hear the term or you hear someone say or you sing the song Jesus loves me, that's what it means that Jesus has this unselfish esteem and adoration for you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? When I think about that for myself because I truly am the only one that knows my own heart, me and God, I think, wow, how could you love me? Why would you love me? But the truth of the matter is that he does. He loves us with this agape kind of love and he expects us to share this same kind of love and make it important in our lives towards the people that are in our lives. Those that walk with Jesus, 1 John. He says, beloved, you and I, those that walk with Jesus. He says, let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. And why? Because God is love. See, it's so important. It's so important. This agape kind of love is so important. See, what happens though sometimes as humans in our humanity, we lose sight of that love because we're so focused on the things that we want to accomplish, the things that we want to do, the things that we want to have. And love kind of trails behind. And if it kind of fits in at the moment, then okay, we'll, we'll let it come in. But if it doesn't, then you know what? I'm going to stick to my agenda. I'm going to stick to my focus. I'm going to stick to what I want to do. See, that's a selfish love. That is not an agape kind of love. See, Jesus, Jesus Christ, he came and he came with a purpose and he came with a mission. Love was important to Jesus. In his own words, as you read the gospel, you see Jesus say to himself, he says, I am here to fulfill my father's plans. He even at a moment in his life, as he's getting closer to this moment that he gives his life for you and I, he says, Father, if it be your will, take this cup from me. But knowingly, he understood God's will. And God's will is that love is important. And he expressed it through the cross. He expressed it to you and I. And because of that, you and I should make a high priority of love. Love should lead us. Love should be at the forefront of everything that we do and everything that we say in this life. I hope you realize, and I hope we as a church continue to grow in this, that everything that we do should begin with love. See, because if we do anything and it's done without love, it's useless. It's, it's all done in vain. See, this passage here should make us think about how we personally as individuals are living. Are we loving and expressing the kind of love that God has called us to express? Listen to what Paul says as he ends this passage in First Corinthians verse 13. He says, so now faith, hope, And love abide. We have them, right? As believers, we have faith. And we're hopeful for a day to come when Jesus will return. We're we're hopeful for this eternal life that he has promised us. But he says all of that is really great. And all of that is really good. But he says the greatest of these three, he makes it a point to say the greatest of these is love. See, when we begin to understand that love is important, you know what happens? Love will change us. Do you believe that this morning? That love will change you? Have you been changed by love? Has someone shown you the love of Christ? And because of that, you've been changed? Well, I tell you, there's there's a couple people in my life that have shown me that love throughout my lifetime. But there's two people that that I I think of that have shown me this kind of agape love throughout my life. And one is my grandmother, which you guys have met before. And my mother, she's in the back with the kids right now. You know, I have been loved. And because of that love, I have been changed. See, in verses 4 through 6, he says this. He says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable. That may be a familiar word for some of us here this morning, right? Or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. I want to ask you this morning, and you don't have to answer it. God knows and you know. Are you patient? Are you kind? Do you get jealous of others? Do you wake up every morning celebrating you? Yay me? Are you rude to people? I want to ask you this. It's a challenging question. You don't have to answer it again. How many of you this week in the, the busyness of this week and I, I can relate because I was pretty busy this week. I was teasing my wife earlier in the week because we had stuff pretty much every day this week going from sun up, literally, to sundown, past our bedtime. Our bedtime's 9 o'clock, by the way. So, so, you know, if you call me after that, I don't answer. I'm asleep. But if you call me at 5, I'll answer. <laughs> I said, Monday's round one, Tuesday's round two. We've got a seven round week, you know? Let's do our best, let's fight hard. But in the midst of that busyness, the question that we have to ask ourselves is how did we respond? How did we represent our Savior Jesus Christ? Did we take those moments as we were walking into the coffee shop or into the store to say hello to someone and just offer them a smile? Did we take those moments throughout the week just to, to maybe make a phone call or shoot a text to someone and say, hey, you know what? God put you on my heart. I was thinking about you. See, I'm not saying that you didn't do any of that. But I'm saying that we should do more of that. See, because that's the kind of love that shows, hey, you know what? I'm busy. I got a lot going on here. But you know what? That's less important. And Johnny over here is more important. So I need to just take a few moments to see how Johnny's doing. Because God has put Johnny on my heart. See, that's the kind of love that will not only change you, but it will change others. See, this is a tough, as you listen to these things in this passage in verse four through six, I want you to do this. I want to challenge you, and this is a tough challenge, but I want to challenge you to do this. If you have your Bibles, if you're using one of ours, then you really can't do it, but if you have your Bibles, I want you to circle one of those things of what love is that you struggle with in your life. You don't have to tell anybody. You and God only know. And I want to challenge you this week sometime or every day this week to pray and ask God not just to give you patience, but to help you be patient, okay? Because there's a difference there. I believe in my heart from the bottom of it that God gives us everything that we need. He's already given us patience. He's already given us kindness. He's shown it to us. He's revealed it to us and he's allowed us as his children to have it. Now we have to choose To use it. See, because this mantra of, well, I just can't do that, really isn't a a, a true statement. Because God has empowered us to do all of these things. A true statement, if we really want to be honest with God and honest with ourselves, is, I won't do that. I won't be patient. I won't be kind. I won't be selfless. See, the choice is up to you. God has given you everything that you need to do it. See, you just have to allow God to change you and he'll use you to change others. See, 1 Corinthians 5, 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, a new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here. The impatient is gone. The irritable is gone. And the peacekeeper is gone the agape kind of love person is being created and shaped. Isn't that cool? Isn't that, isn't that neat? To think that God gets us and he, and he loves us so much that he takes us, even in our impatience, even in our irritability, and he shapes us and he changes us into something better and greater and kinder and more loving and on and on. I don't know. I just think that's such a cool thing. And the only thing that you and I have to do is be willing. See, Jesus is the greatest example of willingness. He's the greatest example of this love and how it changes us. See, God sent his only begotten son so that we would know his love. We would understand his love. He came in flesh to show us that, hey, you know what? I get where you stand. I understand where you sit. I know the trouble and the turmoil that you're going through. But you know what? I love you. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to show you that love. This last week, um, I was talking to a, a friend of mine. Um, he's kind of an acquaintance friend. I'll, I'll call him a friend um, because we, we, he comes over and talks to me every now and then. He's a biker guy, he's about 60, 70 years old, uh, right in that age range. Um, he actually, I've invited him to come to church like every week for the last three years. And he promises me that one day he'll show up, one day he'll come. So don't repeat the story if you see him come one day. Just say, <laughs> "Get me in trouble." So, wonderful guy, great heart, just uh, just a good guy. You know, you just you just see that that God is doing something in his life, you know, but very very tough guy, you know, very been through a lot. This last week, um, you know, with all that's going on in the world, all the all the terrorism and all that stuff, he came over to me and he said, "Lord, I just I have a few questions for you because I know you're a pastor and I know I know you walk with Jesus." And uh, he says, you know, with all that's going on in the world this, at this moment in this time, aren't you scared? What, I mean, how does that make you feel inside? Knowing, And then he goes on to say, he says, he says you know, so, so from what I understand of your faith, of what you believe, is that, that this Jesus guy is gonna come back again, right? He's gonna come back for you and take you and kind of relieve you of all this chaos and all this misery that's going on in the world. And he asked me this question. He says, why hasn't he come yet? With all that's going on, why isn't he here? And I said this. I said, because he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to give your life to him. See, God wants you to change. God wants you to turn to him. And he just looked at me and he kind of giggled a little bit. He thought it was funny. He says, well, maybe one day, (laughs) maybe one day, and he just kind of left, and he walked out. That ended our conversation. I want to ask you this morning, is God waiting for you? See, because I believe that God wants to change you. God wants to do something in you and through you. Is God waiting for you this morning? See, because God will be patient. His word promises us that he'll be patient. He'll wait for us, but there'll be a point when he does come again. And none of us know that. We can guess all we want. We can, we can look at all the things that are going on around us in this world and we can say, well, I guess maybe now in December, God's probably gonna come. But we truly don't know. But we do know that he will return. We do know that Jesus is coming back. So the question that we really have to ask ourselves is are we ready? Are we ready for Jesus' return? Listen to what it says in 2 Peter 3, 9. It says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises as some count slowness. And this is the important part right here. This is his promise. But is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. See, God's desire is that all would be changed, that all would come to a saving faith of Jesus Christ. I want to tell you this though the world will end one day though this lifetime will pass though the things that we have will all go away there's one thing that we can count on that will never end and that is love see because love never ends see verses seven and eight paul reminds us of this he tells us what what love does what it looks like in action He says, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Isn't that kind of cool? I kind of think so. I think that's really cool. And then he tells us that, that as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, Jesus Christ, the partial will pass away. We'll have this clarity, this picture, and this understanding of truly what love is. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't necessarily want to die today because I have kids and I want to see my grandkids. But then I also, at the other side of me says, I just can't wait for that day because I think about all of that's going on in this world and all the junk and the chaos, all the things that I know that my children and grandchildren are going to have to endure and see and be a part of all this confusion of what love truly is that goes on in this world, all the perversion that is happening as we speak. And there's moments I find myself saying, gee, I did that quick. But in those same moments I'm reminded that one, that God's love, it never fails and it's forever and it's not just about me. That there are people that God is waiting for. There are people that sit in our chairs this morning. There are people that we will invite next week and the week after and the week after that will come that God is just preparing the way, preparing the moments. So let's not be too quick to say... Jesus, come. Let's just get ready for Jesus to come. Can we commit to that as a church, as the body of Christ, to do that? Be ready and prepared and help others, sharing the gospel, the good news, knowing that our love, this love that God has given us, never fails. Sorry, that wasn't me. A little gassy, I guess, maybe, I don't know. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Too many burritos, I don't know. Sorry, bad jokes. Stay focused, right? <laughs> All right, 1 Corinthians 13, 11. I love this. I love this because God is telling us that when he takes us and he shows us that love is important and then he moves us and he changes us in that love and he shapes us and he starts to mold us and help us to answer this question, what is love? He tells us that he's gonna help us to mature in our faith. And it's simply said like this, Paul says this, and he's looking at himself, he says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. See, there are stages of growth in our faith. There are moments and seasons when God uses a message, he uses a friend, he uses a brother, a sister, he uses somebody to help us to mature in our faith, to move closer in this love relationship that we have with our Father. And sometimes, yes, they are through the toughest of moments. They are through the trials and the hurt and the pain of life. They are in the midst of a perverted world. They are in the midst of all the yuck and muck that this world has to offer. But I want to offer you this. if you're wrestling through a tough moment, if you're struggling right now with life in any way, I want to challenge you that God doesn't want you to get over it, but God wants to carry you through it. See, the Bible tells us, yea, that I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You will be with me. See, God not, doesn't promise us that we're going we're to go over just because we gave our life to Him, that we're going to be able to jump and just clear ourselves from the world. I think that's what we think when we pray and say, Jesus, come now. Get me out. But God says something different. He says, You know what? I'm going to carry you through this, I'm going to help you get through all of this. I'm going to hold you, and I'm going to show you that I control the storm, I control the moment. And the beauty of all that is that he's going to help us to understand what love is. See, because the greatest of moments sometimes come out of the hardest of moments. And God wants you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And no matter where you stand, no matter what you go through, Jesus will always love you. Love is always at the forefront. Love always leads. And God is love.
0: Thank you for listening. And we pray you were blessed by today's message. You are invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.